Question for you. How do you direct a robot? Exactly what does that mean? And if you're going to do an entire podcast where it's completely AI, what do you need to prepare for? How do you do it? We're going to talk to a team today who did just that. This is the Working Director Podcast, a show that helps you go from emerging filmmaker to working director. As a filmmaker living in Los Angeles, I've directed over 130 projects, including six distributed feature films, all while helping filmmakers figure out how to level up in their careers. I do this show with one goal in mind, to help you become a working director. And if you want to join us for the live Q&A sessions and ask all of your questions, make sure you join our free private Facebook group by going to theworkingdirector.pro. I have Forrest, James, and Nancy from Velocity Studios, and they've done crazy things like make full audio dramas using AI along with some real actors and all kinds of stuff. And I want to get into what that means um, how they use AI and make sure it's ethical, make sure everybody's paid, all that stuff that's of concern right now. So um, let's start with what is Velocity Studios? What do you guys mostly do? We're a boutique production house based in Burbank, California. And we've done a little bit of everything. We all come from the indie film space uh, and we've worked on uh, a myriad of different budget size in indie film. And then over the past few years, we came together at Velocity to get into more of the commission work for the larger streamers and, and do traditional television and, and larger budget film projects. And about a year ago, uh, we had the idea of tackling one of the screenplays we loved so much that had, had gotten challenged in getting made into, a, into a, a film as an audio drama. And so now we're in the podcast business. That took us into that. And we've got a podcast division that launched about six months ago. That's been, uh, been doing pretty well. You guys decided, hey, we're going to do AI. I feel like you're a little ahead of the curve on how you're using it. So let's first tell us about the two programs you did so that everybody kind of understands what they are, and then we'll dive into the technical part of it. Forrest, why don't you jump in? Forrest is our, our, one of our key executives at the company and was the director and, and wrote the adaptation of The Metal Detective, which is based on a theatrical screenplay. So we didn't do a a, a, a scripted audio play from scratch. We actually took a motion picture screenplay and adapted it into an audio drama. I'll let Forrest talk about the the story of what the Mel Detective is and how AI came into play in that. One of the reasons why we want to get into the audio drama space um, was we there's a lot of, like James was saying, there's a lot of scripts that we loved that just couldn't pass the bar and get made into a movie yet, usually because it was an original concept, not based on any intellectual property. And that seems to be a wall a lot of people hit with original content. So we were like, why don't we turn these great scripts into intellectual property and then give it another chance uh, in town? So this was a script that our company has loved for a very long time, written by a great writer who's a good friend of ours. And uh, it's basically the, the metal detective takes place in 2045. And it's basically Blade Runner world meets an Agatha, Agatha Christie murder mystery. Um, in, in a contained hotel during a superstore. Um, lots of fun. It's a cyberpunk world. Um, so it's already a, a kind of at a crossroads of humanity and AI, you know, uh, coming to pass and, and prejudice uh, that is going to be kicked up on the human side of things. Um, and so as a, the director, one of the things early on uh, that I determined was I want all of the robots played by robots. Like I, I want the AI to play itself in these scenarios. And so we were able to um, find the technology pretty early on and generative AI at this point when we were in production was still kind of slowly rolling out 
to the world. Um, you know, this, you know, I would say October of last year was kind of the big key when chat GPT finally hit the market and people jumped all over it. There were earlier versions of AI that were already available, but not very well known. And we figured out real quick that we would need to reverse ourselves in these technologies or get left behind pretty quickly. So, uh, so we just dove, dove right in and, and tried to do, include that within the production, um, from production through post. I like that you, so you, you know, you said that you wanted the robots to play robots. It's a really fun concept. So the people who, the, the people who are not robots, the, anything that's not a robot in the script, uh, is that still played by AI? What are the biggest challenges doing a project like that? Well, in a, in an audio drama, in, with the way that we did it, we did async recording. So everybody was recorded separately. That comes with its own challenges on performance and bouncing off of each other. Um, but also having to challenge actors against robot voices that they can't hear either. And there, like this certain angle that we wanted to hit was the indifference that people have in dealing with these robots. There's like an irritation that these characters kind of naturally have because it would be kind of an irritating world of your waitress is a robot and just doesn't get anything right. <laughs> you know, things like this, taxi drive. And so to try to build that humor in without actually having anything for them to bounce off of because they were recording solo by themselves, that was one of the challenges and that we approached as well as being able to prop, prompt the proper responses from the robots to make sure that the comedy got where it needed to go. How do you prompt a robot that that uh, trial and error. Uh, that's 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 how. Lots and lots of trial and error and frustrating nights, <laughs> but until you're like, yeah, hey, that was actually kind of funny right there. Got it. Break that down. I'm a director. I'm going to. I have to direct a robot. What am I doing? Am I? Are you in there continually writing different props to try to to make it be different? So one thing that you're going to find with generative voice uh, AI is pronunciation. Um, and that, you know, you, you love a world where you could just copy and paste the lines right in and say, go, and it's perfect. And it never, ever is. Um, so you start getting into weird phonetic writing where you have to start spelling uh, words oddly so that it will produce the sounds that you want uh, and, and pronounce it. Uh, yeah, you actually pronounce it properly, as well as it's spacing. You know, um, AI doesn't breathe, so there's no natural breath in between things and it likes to haul right through it so it's finding the different ways of, of prompting your dialogue within there and the spacing and um you know the uh but basically just the odd way of spelling things <laughs> like and, and that is all trial and error it's like you'll just well maybe if i spelled it with four o's instead of two that might work and sure enough yeah there it is and so it's, it's just a lot of you know, trial and error with that in the process of making the metal detective, it was a really kind of enlightening, engaging, and 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 f just experimental process of having the the AI so intertwined into the production that we said, well, why do we take it one one step further and see if we can do a a whole series, a limited series that is written by AI, hosted by AI, and interviewing AI about the issues of AI's effects on humanity. And it worked. It, 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 it worked. Right? And it, it was, and I'll let Nancy, because Nancy became quite the prompt engineer ninja and having to work with these different AI systems so that it would create a show. Um, and we, we really were the EPs. We, we still story edited it and went through it. I'll, I'll let Nancy tell, tell the rest. 
Well, in practical purposes, you know, we we thought, well, let's let's see how much we can do this hands off and just say, make this show about this long, and you figure out what you want to talk about. And of course, you know, while it comes up with interesting ideas, we realized that you know, as humans, we were going to have to step back in and basically be like, kind of like a news desk editor and say, okay, you know what, these assignments, this that that's not going to make enough of a show. And so we 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 found ourselves. Um, uh, curating what the subjects would be every week, um, and and sort of finding ways to inform it with additional outside research and guidelines before we would, um, you know, basically create the master prompts and all prompts to just to work on the script for our AI host, which was a consistent AI character we created, um, interviewing the different guests uh, each week, who's one guest per week. So, um, so yeah, it, it, we, the human, the human influence had to come back in very quickly once we got this under, uh, underway. Are you like a convert now? Or do you love it? Are you still like, no, 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 I'd rather not do AI? Uh, no, I mean, I think, um, AI is very useful, but it's only as good as the human behind it. Um, just, just to be honest from what I've found. So it's a really great resource to use, but, um, so yes, I enjoyed it. Figured out how to wrap, how to wrangle it into submission, um, as, as did James and Forrest. Um, but you know the the, the what I was going to say as far as figuring out who the guests were, um, Forrest asked um, a generative AI program. You know what what would the guests be for this podcast, and they, they described the meta concept of this, and uh, it wanted to be. It basically said, well, let's make it in the let's make every guest the name of an ancient god. And have different meanings ascribed to that, and that sort of informs their character. So it was, it was really like, wow, okay, that's pretty highbrow. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and itself, yes. Forrest, you did, you were in that process, so yeah, yeah, it 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 really is. Which which kind of, um, you know, I I don't have an Alexa in my house. I don't think I'm ever going to want one. So that's. I don't want to have things too many things in my life controlled by that. But so on the technical side, then when you guys have so you guys have a host interviewing guests, both are AI. How does that work? How do you actually make that happen? So uh, it w- it was in our initial prompt um, that we had to, uh, as Nancy was saying, had described what subject we wanted to talk about and have AI generate that conversation of a back and forth to get to a conclusion that, that we ultimately want. AI had no problem splitting his personality up and being multiple. <laughs> what program are you guys using to, to do this particular work? Uh, so uh, for, uh, for the text copy, it was, uh, it was ChatGBT4, um, along with some help from Bard uh, every now and then. Um, one of the fun experiments that, that we found was taking uh, ChatGPT content and then running it through Bard to see how Bard would reanalyze it and refeed it back to us. And sometimes you get these cool responses, sometimes not. One of the big the one of the big challenges of AI in general, and it seems to be getting better sometimes, is um, AI hallucinations. Like if if it keeps going, it will fall off track and go down a rabbit hole you didn't even like bring up in the first place. And so it's always kind of bringing it back on rails and t- trying to bring it back to the road that you were driving on originally. Looking at the prompting language that Nancy Force and the rest of our team, we have a coder who who works with us. I think we pushed chat to pretty much its limit in terms of its ability to, con- to think 
constructively. You know, it can do simple things. Rewrite a letter, you know, do a, do something basic, you know, summarize this. But we were asking it to really get into some constructive thinking. And it's not really a thinking tool. It's a large language model that's using algorithms to mimic human language patterns. So we we were really pushing on its limit. And sometimes when it went off the rails, it was wow. And sometimes we, we, we would joke. We think the matrix just took over because things would get weird with it. And, and Jen, you brought up a, a, a statement about ethics, and that was something that was really important to us. And it was interesting, in Rise of the Machines, it was a topic that the AI kept bringing back up to us, because we, di- we dived into some lighthearted topics and into some really deep topics about the copyrights, uh, authorship, about um, compromising of AI models, bad actors. Um, and, and one thing I kept saying is, there is an issue here in society and you as humans need to figure it out with your legal, your legislative and your moral and ethical standards, because it's not AI that's going to be the issue. It's going to be bad actors who are going to exploit us to be the issue. And it, it was a repeating theme that would come up constantly. The AI would go back and say, disclaimer, I'm not the issue. You're the issue. I don't think I've ever been speechless on the show before. <laughs> I'm terrified and uh, and and fascinated. Like I just, I really wish you guys had. There was it's hard because it's a lot of just text. Because it'd be so interesting to have documented this process in some way, which I guess we kind of are right now. Like in the future, the AI is going to look back at this conversation like, ah, silly humans. (laughs) To further on the ethics, we felt it was important to put disclaimers. So at the end of, like, say, Rise of Machines, a human would come on and say, "Human here, FYI." You know, this is what we did, and this is the AI model we use, because those AI models are based on data sets that locked off at a specific period of time, Um, to the point where we now embrace a lot of AI tools just to make us more efficient. So if we're doing marketing materials for a client, and we're using generative AI-created artwork, we actually put a stamp. A lot of people may not, but we put a stamp saying this is an AI-generated image, and we'll we'll put a watermark somewhere on the image. Just because we think as a society, we need a rise above the disinformation and the ethical and letting people know that this image is going to elicit an emotional response, but it didn't come from a human. It came from a robot. Another thing that are, you know, to put on, on your checklist if you're using AI to make the program um, is you need, to, you need to back check your facts on other sources because sometimes the, the AI gets ahead of itself to make something sound pretty and dynamic and you realize that they're pulling facts from a couple different sources that takes it out of context and then or maybe isn't true at all so you you know you it's not it's not 100 accurate so especially if they start naming names or or dates or places you need to check that on another source what ai has provided us is a tool to be more efficient and i have to credit nancy force and the other team members who are not in the zoom who dove into learning the tools it's a tool set and we hear this a lot that ai is going to take people's jobs and it may do that in certain like customer service call center things are going to change as a society and i don't think humans are biologically wired to evolve as fast as technology is changing which is that's a completely different discussion and you can listen to an episode of rise machines if we get into that um, but but what it helped us was become i think better with the tools we had and then our creativity could rise to the top and so right uh, so like the mill detective which i'm i'm really proud of it hats off the forest nancy and our team it's gotten some great accolades and one of them is that um 
it, it's done in Dolby Atmos and it's immersive sound on um, IMDb on the ratings of the top 100 shows on Dolby Atmos. We're not only the only podcast, we're the only scripted you know, podcast. We're number six, or we were when the ra- rating rankings came out a little few weeks ago, right behind The Mandalorian and, um, and uh, what was the other one? Game of Thrones. And just, just, you know, just know that we stepped into an audio medium and we were able to bring a cinematic sound experience. That to us was the whole purpose of the Metal Detective Experiment. We, we call it, you know, our greatest scripts never made anthology of podcasts because our goal is to bring that screenplay back to the screen. It couldn't find its way through the traditional landmines and snake pits of Hollywood. So maybe a, a, a million listeners as a podcast will convince a studio executive that this should be on the screen. And I it, talking to you guys, I could see how this could be appealing to indie filmmakers who, you know, well, the, the hardest thing to do as any filmmaker is raise money for your feature film. It's it's, it's almost impossible. Uh, so I could see the, the appeal of like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to make my own thing that I can control completely from my computer. But I'm going to go on a limb, not a very far limb, to say it's not that easy. Like, it's a lot of work. Uh, it took more than one person to build it. Um, so if an indie filmmaker is like, I want to follow in your footsteps and I want to go make my feature into an AI, could you kind of break it down into sort of the basic steps that they should think about to do that? It's not much different in the production of, you know, it, it always comes back to the script. So just have a solid script to start off with. It always comes back to that. Um, understand the world that you're going to be in in the audio space. Um, the Metal Detective is is this action adventure cyberpunk visual thing and i had to adapt it into something that you listen to and that was its own challenge so you know there's going to be an adaptation process first that you need to kind of harken back to the old radio days of uh, radio stories where things have to be more audible in in what's happening Um, but with the advancements of sound that, that we have now you can you can actually do a lot of that and, and bring it back to the theater of the mind to just kind of feed the uh, the listener the elements that they need to be able to create their own image. Um, as far as the process and using AI, um, AI can help in that. I actually did utilize that along the way. I'm a broken record in our company in, in saying like AI just gives you a running start at things. You know, like it just gives you a, a speed up and something that would take me a long time. It doesn't take me as long now. So I could feed a couple pages of the script into AI and say suggestions on how to make this for an audio drama. And it would come up with a couple of good ideas. Not all good, but a couple that would then set me off in a new direction to go, that was a good idea. I'm going to kind of follow that that thread in, in how I can adapt these scenes. Um, so after you have your adapted thing, I mean, if you're going to work with humans, go go find your actors, find a solid microphone somewhere. Um, start doing, uh, you know, recording and work on the direction of the characters. Um, at, at that point, you're going to find an NLE system like a Pro Tools, a Premiere, or anything like that, and you're going to teach yourself how to put this together and ha- how to how to build the scene out. Um, you know, I hadn't touched Pro Tools in 15 years. By the time I had to reteach myself as a director to start piecing the scenes together, and then send off to the team and get notes and kind of keep working on it till it was solid enough that. We then handed it over to our partners over at Mirror Studios, uh, a sound, uh, amazing sound house up in uh, Boise, and they really brought the magic to it. And 
As far as AI utilization and their tools, I don't know. They speak languages well above mine in, in uh, technology, but they, uh, they helped us produce an amazing product. I'd love to wrap up with this conversation because this is something that continues to come up. Based on how much you've worked with AI to this point, is there a point where AI will replace humans? Will they replace actors? Will they replace writers? Will they replace directors? Yes and no. I, I think that no matter what absolutely needed guardrails we need and the things that the unions are fighting for to protect their jobs um, that I hope they ultimately get, um, I think that won't stop outside players from exploiting AI to just start producing more and more content. I think we're going to be in a new marketplace full of both authentic human-made uh, or AI-helped uh, content versus pure AI content. And I think the market will play out to show what people actually have an appetite for. You know, at, at the end of the day, AI can only be as good as the data sets it's fed and it will plateau. And I don't think people will like it anymore um, as like its main source of content. So I don't feel like... As James said, it will el eliminate some jobs. Absolutely. Um, it will make companies more efficient and leaner. Uh, absolutely. But I don't think it will replace all jobs. And I don't think it will actually replace actors and uh, creative types. Because in its nature, it can't be creative. It can only regurgitate. Yeah, I think, it, I think it'll depend on the genre as to, you know, certain people trying to get away with just using, you know, AI generated actors. But, um, you know. Once you get past, you know, one or two words in an action movie while something explodes, it, you know, you really need a human. So um, that's that's my that's my prediction is that, that that's going to be a really big dividing line, even for people who try to get away with making it like that. Yeah. What, one of the challenges, I think, AI in this current form, and we may get to a place in 15, 20 years with a few Elons out there creating sentient intelligence and robots, but where AI is today, it does not have life experience. And at its core, beautiful films, beautiful TV shows, beautiful songs, or because they relate to humans and we can connect with that artist, they're bringing their legacy, their life, their experience, their pain, their joys into a creative medium that we can relate to. And AI just doesn't have that. It's, it's not designed that way. It's, it's a computer algorithm that's mimicking human thoughts or, or I should say language to generate text or what it thinks is images if it's like mid journey or something like that. So I, I don't see AI getting to that core human um, relatable level. Thank you so much for joining us. And everybody uh, go, is it the best place to send them to your website? Because they can see both of the, they can see, they can hear both projects, Rise of the Machines and The Metal Detective on your website, uh, velocity.com, I believe. Yes. Velocity-studios.com. Or just Google Velocity Studios, we pop up top of the feed. I'm now super curious to hear both and yeah, and all the work you put in, it deserves for people to hear it and listen to it. And it's just like anything else we do. We want people to see it, enjoy it, go on the journey. Uh, so thank you guys so much. Thanks for listening to the Working Director Podcast. If you like what you're hearing, please rate and review as it helps others find the show and helps us keep making great content for you. And if you want even more help with your directing career, check out theworkingdirector.pro where you can apply to be part of the accelerator that hones in on where you currently are and helps you get to where you want to be. Whether it's this podcast, the accelerator, or our free Facebook community for directors, we're here to help you get to work.